Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. In today's episode, I share with you the importance of mindfulness and how easy it is to cultivate mindfulness practices within your day by sharing with you five mini mindfulness hacks that you can integrate into your day to help cultivate a sense of presence. Hello and welcome to today's podcast where I am really looking forward to unpacking the term mindfulness with you and giving you some really practical hacks to help you be more mindful throughout your day. So I think mindfulness is probably one of the most common new age terms that people often band about. And there's a reason for this. It's because mindfulness is really important. When we are more mindful, our lives are so much more likely to be intentional and purposeful, plus much, much more enjoyable. So cultivating mindfulness practices can be so beneficial for us. I think mindfulness is just really a practice of embodying presence because when we are mindful, we are fully present in our lives and in the moment. The moment is actually we know from our alignment practices where our future is created. But most of us spend so much time in our mind, the busyness of our mind, either ruminating on the past or really projecting into the future with our thoughts and our plans or our regrets or our wishing things maybe could have gone different or sometimes even just romanticizing the past as well. Scientists and researchers have obviously done a lot of work into understanding mindfulness and the effects that it can have on our lives as humans. And to put it really plainly, uh, what I can read from the research is that ultimately mindfulness just can boost our performance in work and in life. It is well known to fuel positivity within ourselves and to improve our focus and hopefully to reduce our stress levels. It is also really essential to the development of our EQ or our emotional intelligence. And we know that adults and children who are really able to understand, sit with, feel, process and regulate their emotions are so much more able to tackle the unknown, the day-to-day and be in the present because they're not afraid of what it's going to throw up and how it may, you know, make them a little bit off kilter and a bit out of balance because they're confident that they're going to be able to cope with whatever emotion bubbles up as a response to whatever they're currently experiencing. 
I think Eckhart Tolle is one of the leading teachers on presence. If I'm sure you've heard of the book, The Power of Now, if it's something that you haven't read, I would really highly recommend that you read it and I will mention it in the show notes as well. So Eckhart Tolle really is quoted, one of his most famous quotes is the following, that most humans are never fully present in the now because unconsciously they believe that the next moment must be more important than this one. But then you miss your whole life, which is never not now. And I love the last portion of that quote. Our life, which is never not now. So the idea of being really mindful, embodying the essence of presence is going to ensure that we are very, very engaged with our lives and we are being really productive and proactive in creating a life that we not only enjoy, but that we learn from and that we grow from and ultimately just engaged within. To quote Eckhart Tolle again, he says, Welcome to the present moment. Here, now, the only moment there ever is. And when you really stop and think about the gravity and the simplicity of that concept, I think that you can really appreciate how important it is that you can cultivate mindfulness practices that you can lean on to ensure that you are really engaged with the now. Now, I don't know about you, but as this year wraps up, I feel like time is going at lightning speed. I am so fulfilled and busy, both professionally and personally, but it leaves little room for me to stop and be fully present in each and every moment because I am trying to manage so much like absolutely every single one of you. We're all trying to manage so much in our lives. We are all, I think we can admit, quite overly stimulated by the world in which we live that it can be tricky or maybe feel a little unnatural at times to be in the present moment. Sometimes I almost feel as if life has primed me and conditioned me to not be present, to actually be thinking about five things at once, be 10 steps ahead. And this is why my really mini mindfulness hacks that I use that I'm going to share some of them with you today can help me come back to the now so that I know being fully present in it, I'm actually giving myself the best opportunity to experience all the things that I just discussed because that is ultimately what I want. I want to be engaged fully with my life. 
I want to ensure that I am doing all I can to foster and support my mental health and my focus, my stress levels. I want to perform really well in my work and in my life. And when I reflect on the times that I don't, I can clearly see it's because I may have let my mindfulness slip a little, that I'm living ruminating on the past or I'm more often than not, to be really honest with you, definitely living 10 steps ahead of myself in the future. So my mindfulness hacks sometimes feel like a little bit of a luxury and I don't like to overcomplicate things generally. So these hacks that I'm about to share with you are really quick and really practical. Like you can do them anytime, anywhere. And these are what I do to help keep myself with myself whilst walking my path. So I'll share them with you one by one. I've got five mini hacks for you. Get ready to jot them down or remember them and see how they may resonate with you because it's something that you're already in the habit of doing or they could be something that you're willing to maybe try and experiment with and integrate into your day-to-day just to see if it does make a difference to your overall well-being and happiness and light upon your path. Okay, hack number one is just breathe. So this is actually, these two words are one of my main mantras I have used for years and years and years. I actually got these two words hit me square in the face when I was watching the movie Ever After. Um, A Drew Barrymore, I guess, take on the Cinderella story. Um, I know, call me a hopeless romantic, but I do do love um, movies that make me feel good. And right as she's about, the scene where she's about to walk into the ball and she knows that obviously everybody is going to be looking at her, none more so than this man she's falling in love with. She stops and she whispers to herself, just breathe. And the moment I heard that, the first time I watched that movie, it has just stuck with me ever since. I say it to myself all the time time. Sometimes when I'm nervous, when I'm about to walk into a room myself where I'm feeling unnerved, it could be because I'm nervous about a meeting I might be attending or the people or the conversations I'm anticipating I'm going to have to have in that room. I have said it a lot of times to myself in the dating process when you're feeling quite nervous and um, you know the anticipatory time of when you're really liking someone getting to know them I really personally just need to remind myself to breathe to come back into my body it's like out of your head girl and in to your body. And by just saying that mantra I'm so like I guess uh, 
primed and tuned to it now that I just have to say it to myself and I'm all good. I can be sitting at my computer, working away, a million things to do, and I can see my mind almost like it's got a thousand computer tabs open. I'm writing this email. I know I've got to do that. And I'm thinking about a million things and I can literally just stop and say, just breathe. And for a moment, take a few breaths. This brings me straight back into the present. And it's all of a sudden in that moment that all those computer files that are open all over my computer come into an orderly line. And it's like I remind myself just to deal with one file at a time to embody presence. So try it. Just breathe. Use it as a mantra and then obviously action it by making sure you're breathing. We obviously know that the breath is, well, it's life. So it is everything. And if we can cultivate that reminder and prime our brain to remember to do that really consciously, that really helps us to embody presence. My second mini mindfulness hack for you is if the time allows to do a little quick five minute meditation. Now, some people like to set a time on their clocks and the the timer goes and they sit. Personally, I'm not that structured. I like to choose my favorite meditation song. So I'll go through my song list I'll pick something that I really love to listen to. Sometimes it's two minutes, sometimes it's seven minutes, but around the five minute mark. And I just ask myself to sit with my eyes closed just for the duration of that song. It's almost like a little mini brain break that allows you to come back into the present. Now, we obviously know that with meditation, most people's gripe with it is that the monkey mind all of a sudden has this really um, empty dance floor to go for gold on and to run 100 miles an hour. So to counteract that, when you do this little five-minute snippet of presence, it may be a really good idea to repeat a mantra, for example. It could just be the just breathe mantra or I am here or I allow myself to be here. Just be, I allow myself to be, something like that. It could be a great time for you to focus on an image. This image could be maybe something that you're wanting to align with in your life. This image could be something that makes you feel really good and calm. It could be an image of a memory. I love to sit sometimes for five minutes and connect with my loved ones on the other side. And the way I personally do that is I just draw upon a memory I have with them. And it's so funny when I do this because often I'll be there and I'll, for example, just imagine I'm in my grandmother's kitchen. Um, It's the morning. She's got her porridge as she always used to eat or her cereal. And I just imagine having a conversation with her. And sometimes the things that I recall in those mindfulness minutes are maybe pearls of wisdom that I've forgotten or the funny things she used to say and it's just like for a moment I'm back there really enjoying that scene. Another tip in this five minute meditation is to focus on a feeling. You know like as mentioned before our feelings, our emotional intelligence is 
really reliant on our ability to be mindful, just to notice. So it might be a really good practice just to notice or ask yourself, how am I feeling? Um, Because I don't think we're often uh, asking ourselves that question really consciously. Or it could be a moment to say, gosh, I feel really stressed today. I do actually want to feel calm and relaxed. So focusing on the feeling of calm or the feeling of relaxed and just for that five minutes, allowing my body to embrace and completely surrender to that feeling Obviously, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I don't think you need to be a scientist to know that that's really going to help lower your heart rate and allow you to give you an opportunity to reduce the stress that you may be feeling in that moment. So try it out. Five minutes is not that long, Um, but it's amazing how much we can do in five minutes when we're really busy. So imagine how much we could do for our mind by giving it five minutes of complete presence. Okay, hack number three, I'm going to go along with the emotional theme here. And I call this fake a feeling. So it's a little bit like the five minute meditation when I talked about the feeling there. But when the day's hectic, or even I often do this in the morning, first thing in the morning, to set myself up for the day, I fake a feeling. I choose an emotion that I wish to feel and then I sit and I reach for thoughts or images or memories or hopes or desires that conjure up that feeling or that thought. So for example, I might wake up in the day, look at my diary, see what I've got ahead and I'll be like, right, okay, I can anticipate that that's probably going to leave me feeling a variety of emotions, all these things. How do I want to stay balanced and present amongst all of that through my day? And it could be, I want to stay grounded. Like I just want to feel really solid in my body. So I might just sit and fake that feeling, like literally imagine my body's heavy and anchored to the ground and walk around getting ready for my day really faking that feeling like I've got this, I'm totally fine, I am solid, I am balanced. And when I'm getting ready for the morning, rather than the monkey mind going or rather than ruminating on the day ahead or distracting myself with, you know, the news or something like that, I choose to fake a feeling and that really can set me up. It's like I'm giving myself the permission to be in autonomy of my life by embodying the present exactly the way I wish to experience it. Okay, hack number four. This can be a tricky one. It sounds simple, but it can be tricky and challenging. When I notice I am not being present throughout my day, I stop and I commit to being completely present in my next conversation. By that, I mean whoever I speak to next, it could be the supermarket uh, cashier, it could be a client, it could be a call I need to make to follow something up. Whatever it is, I commit to being completely present in my next conversation. 
That means that I really look at, if I can, I really look at and I really listen to the person in front of me and I am all there. I am not in my agenda for how this exchange is going to go or how I wish it to go. I am not in my to-do list. I am not thinking of the next thing to say in response to what is being said to me. I am just fully there, right there in that present moment. Try this one out, guys. It will blow your mind. You will notice how much you do actually miss in exchanges that you have a million times a day. And it will teach you so much about the other person, even if they're a stranger. It will also teach you so much about yourself. I find that this completely reminds me that I am more than capable of having a conversation with someone without trying to control it in my mind and protect myself in that way. Kind of gives the ego a little back seat for a moment and I have to be fully there. It can feel a bit vulnerable at times, but it is the absolute best. Just for fun, just for a little added bonus, try this with kids. Um, as you, as many of you know um, from my story in the first episode of this podcast, I shared that in a previous life, um, that was this one, I used to be a teacher and for the majority of my career, I taught kindergarten. So I love little kids and I love what it is that they have to say. But I have to be really honest with you, the busyness of schools and just life in general, it can be so easy just not to be fully present with them. And even within my own family, you know, um, I'm very fortunate to be in a family with a little 11-year-old, um, oh, a little 12-year-old now, and a little 5-year-old. And when I actually sit and listen and really am fully present in the conversation with them, I've just learned so much more about them that I think I just assumed I knew, but they always surprise and delight me in some ways. And do you know what? People can feel it. People can feel the weight of your presence and the honor of your presence. And you know that because of how you feel when someone is fully present with you. And I almost feel like it it is a way that I can be most divinely human and full of grace by just being present for the person in front of me. It's like the biggest mark of respect, really, that I can offer. And so I try to do so often. Okay, my last little mini mindfulness hack. This is actually a hack I used to use as a teacher so, you know, when, when you've got little ones and they're concentrating or they're, or they're doing a lesson, um, you know, they need to stop and have a little wiggle around. Now, sometimes I may have forgotten to put my phone on silent during class time. And so on the occasions it used to ring, the kids would get so excited because as soon as I heard it, it didn't matter what we were doing. 
we'd just all yell dance break and we'd all get up and just start dancing to my ringtone. Um, And so obviously my ringtone went for like 20, 30 seconds. So it wasn't that long, but the joy the kids got out of moving their body and being a little bit silly and also how productive it made them because they just literally had a brain break. So whatever they were working on, they could just kind of shake it off and then get straight back to it. And so I have integrated that into my working life now. Sometimes I notice I'm working a lot um, or I'm just doing lots of jobs at home, whatever it is, you know, life, um, errands and work. And I feel like, oh, have I done anything nice for me today? And to get into the moment, I literally chuck shuffle on my iTunes and whatever song comes up, I just sing and dance to it, like literally like no one's watching because uh, usually they aren't, um, but I, it just gets me out of my mind and into my body through the lyrics, the beat, and it just allows that moment to embody presence in a really fun and nourishing way. So that's kind of a little trick for you. So there are five of my little mindfulness, mini mindfulness hacks that I use all the time. I actually have them written in the front of my diary um, and just to remind me to do them, you know, so as I'm flicking through, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to give myself a little mindfulness break today. I think mindfulness has three main elements to it. I think that it's a practice of being in complete embodiment of presence in your mind, your emotions, and your body. So I would suggest you choosing like three different hacks throughout the day that connects you to each of these. So you might do just breathe for your body. You might uh, do a little five minute meditation for affirmations for your mind. And for your emotional well-being, you might do the dance break, even though that's also a massive body one, just to have fun and just to feel free and light. So give them a go, you know, really remember that mindfulness is your responsibility. No one can come along and do mindfulness for us. It's on us. And if the quality of our lives are really going to be determined by the quality of our mind and our emotional health, then we really need to take responsibility for doing all that we can to embody and embrace the practice of present. Because as our friend, our mindfulness or presence expert, Eckhart Tolle graciously reminds us, the foundation of greatness is honoring the small things of the present moment instead of pursuing the idea of greatness. I'm going to say that again. The foundation of greatness is honoring the small things of the present moment instead of pursuing the idea of greatness. I'm going to leave you with the wisdom of Eckhart Tolle and an invitation for you to maybe take up a little mini mindfulness hack in your day or in the week ahead. Until we chat again, sending you all my love and light. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.